Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Tam, down by the seaside, Beckham Z-Tam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Run, Mick Wicked on the inside, Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on, down by the seaside on the outside, Fear the Dragon, down by the seaside, down by the seaside, and Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer, Mel Marr looking for the line, Keystone Velocity, Keystone Velocity Keystone Velocity and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the wire and fire your guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the sport of harness racing post time with Mike and Mike with co-hosts Mike Carter and it's bus 936 and bus 936 on the wings of an angel and Mike Bozich outside heaven rocks but the clock's running out Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry going and going Where has 2018 gone? It's the first edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, 2019 edition. Not many changes going on uh, as far as the hosts go, unless Mike Bozich decided not to show up this week. Uh, But uh, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich as we present Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. And uh, Mike did show up. So you know what? There there you go. You you made it back from from Bozich land in uh, the New Year's Eve uh, festivities, my friend. Yeah, let me tell you what, whenever you can wake up in the morning and whenever you show up for work, it's a it's a very good day. It's a good start to 2019. Uh, and uh, listen, first of all, we appreciate all of our listeners from 2018, all of our sponsors, all of the guests. The Horsemen and Horsewomen have been just so good to us throughout the uh, well, throughout 2018, as well as the three and a half years, Mike, this show has been on the air. And I want to share something with you um, as far as numbers go for our show. And this is for our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com, which has been in existence pretty much the entirety of our show. In 2018, 114,718 viewers. Incredible. That's amazing. And I can screenshot it. If anybody needs me to screenshot that, because that's from GoDaddy, I could certainly do that. But, uh, Thank you to each and every one of you because that's that's a really cool number. Very, very happy to see the six digits there. 
Yeah, definitely. We want to thank everybody who uh, turns out to support our show week in and week out. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's there's not a, really a whole lot of work involved anymore. Um, you know, we show up, we do what we got to do, and uh, talk to the people we got to talk to. But that's what this show is all about, Mike, the 2018 Year in Review show where we kind of take a look back uh, throughout the year, some of the better interviews, some of the bloopers. Uh, that's probably the best part of the whole of the whole thing not sure how many bloopers you're able to find this year but mike you know it's just kind of allows us to kind of reflect on 2018 a little bit and uh you know talk to our listeners about it yeah this is a really cool and you know everybody kind of does their little 2018 year in reviews i mean i've read numerous articles already from uh, different harness racing trades and all that concerning their favorite moments of 2018. And ours is kind of different because we kind of go back, in, and I know we've got our favorite moments of 2018, but we kind of go back and look at what some of the favorite moments of the show, uh, of our show, Post Time with Mike and Mike in 2018. And that doesn't necessarily jive a lot of times with some of the, you know, logical happenings of 2018 as far as harness racing is concerned. I mean, Obviously, the great foiled again. We'll talk more about him in a minute because you had a chance to uh, go to the Meadows. And uh, there wasn't very many dry eyes in that place, was there, Mike? No, I started to talk to Yannick Jingra before the race, uh, as many of you saw on Facebook Live. And, you know, he, um, you know, he, he was very, very emotional. Uh, to say the least. And when he got off the bike, uh, you know, we got to catch up with him again and he was very, very emotional uh, coming off the bike as well. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you didn't see a dry eye in the place. You saw Sarah Murphy, one of his caretakers, Allison Conti, one of his caretakers, everybody was crying. Uh, You know, it was disappointing that he didn't win, but to see him on the racetrack one more time, it was definitely something special. That's for sure. How about when the shoes came off? Yeah, you know, when when the shoes came off, I, I tell you what, I was in the very front, like kneeled down and almost got shoved over uh, because everybody was like crowding around trying to get photos of the shoes coming off. And Ron uh, Burke had said that he only wanted uh, to take one of the shoes or should we take the front two shoes off um, because he was afraid that maybe we, he would irritate him and uh, he would, you know, kick back or what have you. And foiled again, a very docile animal, but these are still horses. These are still thousand pound animals who have a lot of power and uh, should be respected as such. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, we're going to uh, play a clip uh, in, in history happened right here on the post time with Mike and Mike show. And this was so coincidental how this worked out because foiled again's 100th win at Harris, Philadelphia just happened to be, on the day that we had a live remote at Jackson, which we, uh, well, I shouldn't say celebrated, because certainly a bittersweet moment for uh, right. the fine folks in Michigan, but uh, brought the curtain down on Jackson. They had one final card there at Jackson Raceway in Michigan, and you were covering it. We had lots of guests that particular day, but it just so happened that towards the end of our allotted time on Blog Talk, we were able to have the Foiled Again race live from uh from Harris Philly and of course I had the call and, and you know what it was cool because uh of the way we had to do it Mike we had to, because we had to do it by phone okay so yep. uh you know the quality isn't that great to be perfectly honest with you but I, I called the race over the phone studio to the post time of Mike and Mike studio and uh got some uh Raw emotion kind of after the race. And I, and I got to tell you, very rarely, very, very rarely do I get emotional after a race call. But I'll tell you what, you couldn't help but do that 
after his 100th win. And uh, so we got that clip that we're going to play for you. Plus, we got a lot of different clips. I don't know. Should we kind of preview the clips or should we keep people in suspense? What do you no, think? Let's keep some people keep some people in suspense. Uh, we don't want to you know, we don't want to tip our hats too much. But uh, I, I know we're talking about this week's show and I kind of want to talk, you know, kind of dive into next week a little bit, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, we got a couple of things coming up, but we're going to start next week. The USTA minute or a couple of minutes um, where we discuss, you know, happenings at the USTA. Um, we're going to talk to Russell Williams at some point um, with our town hall series. But uh, next week we're going to have, or we're going to try to have TC Lane on to talk about the uh, microchipping uh, that is going on and, um, that has started with uh, 2019, and uh, the USTA created a video that is weapons, and then go from there. Yeah, that's very interesting stuff, and that's not, you know, something that I know a whole lot about. And uh, because you know, I'm, I'm like I said, there's kind of two sides of the racing business. You know, you got your management, your racetrack side, your announcing side, and stuff that happens there, and then you've got the the, the horsemen you know, thing, the, the, the stuff that happens with horses and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and microchipping is very interesting. I will tell you, it's definitely in advance uh, into a new time. I mean, it is, it is definitely on the, the cutting edge of technology. And like, this is replacing the old tattooing, right? Yep. This will replace the freeze branding. Um, and um, it's, you know, I know some of the microchips can take temperature. Um, so it'll allow people to tell, you know, if their horses are sick, what have you. And uh, there's lots of cool advancements. We won't break too much ground on it this week. Uh, we'll let TC kind of do his thing next week. But, uh, you know, some highlights leading up, uh, leading up to future shows. All right. So listen, if you got any questions about microchipping, uh, you know what? Email us at, at yeah, Mike at post time with Mike and Mike.com, but we'll try to uh, get those uh, questions uh, to TC Lane and maybe he can answer them next week on this particular program. But uh, yeah, next week, the start of uh, which will be our kind of our first official show of 2019 because we're looking back on 2018 today. But we're going to have a lot of new things. going to have a new open, a new close, yeah. new bumper music, new segments. It'll be interesting. So once again, 2019. And Mike, we got to change with the times too, right? Yeah, we got to we got to do some changing with the times, and uh, we hope to have our live remote schedule finalized uh, within the next couple of weeks. Uh, we already have uh, one live remote scheduled and ready to rock, and uh, we hope to have uh, a few more uh, throughout the year. And uh, before we get to our first clip, I also want to uh, you know give a little bit of a tout to our man Goldsheet Bob, uh, mm-hmm. who handicaps for us 40.5% in 2018. 1300 races and that is winners on top we're not talking top three selections we're talking his first place choice and if you played his first place place choice not only did he correctly select them 40 percent of the time almost 41 percent but he wound up with a positive roi which almost never happens um so with the roi of 2.08 you would have made of course i mean eight cents on every two bucks but man oh man you know, you would have made money in 2018 just betting his winners on top. Oh, sure. Put his winners on, put his horses on top and then, you know, play what you like for second or third. And I know that's what you like to do quite a bit. And uh, oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, Dolce Bob brings it, man. And, and uh, he's got a little bit of, uh, and I don't, I, well, I can't tip it because I don't know what he does, but, you know, he's got a little bit of a formula that he uses to, to pick these winners. So, uh, like we said, we're, we're going to have to get to the mind of Gold Cheap Bob and try to figure out his winning strategy. But listen, whatever he's doing is working. 
And we certainly appreciate <laughs> him sharing it with our fans here at Post Time with Mike and Mike. And, uh, you know, listen, Gold Chief Bob's a part of the team, and he does uh, a heck of a job, man. So, listen, if you're not logging on to posttimewithmikeandmike.com and going to the Handicapper's Corner and checking out his Northfield Park selections, quite frankly, that's, that's your loss. You're missing out, man. That's all I got to say. All right, let's get to our first time out. When we come back, our year in review show will begin. We're going to relive Foiled Again's 100th win as heard on the Jackson broadcast here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Catch Drivers, a free harness racing driving game for your phone. Race against your friends, real-life drivers, and fellow virtual catch drivers from around the world. Race in stakes races, driving championships, party mode, or just in normal quick play. Download Catch Driver for free in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Bring in the new year right with Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment on Friday, January 4th and Saturday, January 5th as racing fans can win their share of $2,019. Ten contestants will be selected after race number six and can win varying amounts of prizes. For more information and complete schedule, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Millstream Farm has been breeding and raising standard bred trotters for over 21 years at its Kentucky farm, and we've just completed the third full year of operations in New Jersey. Our Kentucky farm is located just minutes away from Fasig Tipton and just a mile north of the Kentucky Horse Park. Our New Jersey farm is located in Allentown and is one of the Garden State's most beautiful, a pristine 76-acre preserved horse heaven. Our New Jersey location includes farm turnouts, broodmare boarding, weanlings, and yearlings. We also sell a consignment of trotters every year in Harrisburg. For more information, visit millstreamfarm.com. That's millstreamfarm.com. Well, I'll tell you, Foiled again obviously looks, he always does, very businesslike in his warm-ups. Now 14 years old, he's certainly been around the racetrack a time or two. As a matter of fact, he's been around the racetrack about 300 and 15 times, but the starting gate's getting ready to move into motion now, so I'm going to uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn the headset on, and we'll see if Foyle again can capture win number 100. All right, buddy, good luck. Call 13 race wagers, last chance to wager on race number 13 here at Allen, Philadelphia. Call 13 race wagers, last chance. Pacers honing in on the Norton Shoemaker starting vehicle. Could this be the one for Foyle again? The all-time richest harness racehorse looks for his 100th career win. He is 6-5 to five right now at the present, starting from post one. The gate is rolling. 3-1 on 7, Arnsma. Go 4-1s right now. 3, Perseverance, and 4, 2, Darn Hot Field. It's up and over the bridge now and towards the starting point. And here we go, race number 13 from Harris, Philadelphia. Fair, off and pacing. 
Perseverance and foiled again, left well for the lead, and foiled again is being driven aggressively. Racing in third, dropping down Brody from the outside. Artsman is in search of an early seat, but foiled again wants to control his own destiny as they round the turn and he spurts away. The lead by a length and a half. Perseverance settles into second. Artsman's parked out and looking perhaps to take the tuck in the three hole in front of Brody, shy of the quarter, and will. Two darn hot races, fifth and sixth position. Fill your boots, 27 and two for the opening quarter. So foiled again is on top. He will control his own fate. He's up by a length and a half. Perseverance races second. Artsma found the three hole. Brody stays to the inside fourth. Here comes the outer flow now, led by two darn hot who's uncovered fifth. Fill your boots is in behind him. They make their way towards the half. Here comes Swifties at the inside seventh and six on his third over. About eight lengths away from leader foiled again, who's up by a length and a half now. Halftime, 56 and four. Shingra got the second quarter that he wanted, 29 and two. Up the bank stretch, foiled again by two. Perseverance races second. On the outside, two darn hots trying to get closer. Thurns starting to be driven along now. Inside, Artsma starts to look for racing room fourth, and now bearing off the pocket, here comes Perseverance after leader foiled again. So foiled again leads by three parts. Perseverance taking his aim now. Up the inside, Artsma. Opportunistic moves through into a vacated pocket. Three quarters, 125 and two as they round the final turn. Inside, Brody looks for racing room fourth. Two darn hot is gapped off cover fifth. Top of the stretch. Foiled again, set down for the drive. Shingra's asking the veteran for all he's got as they straighten away. Outside, Perseverance moves up alongside. Foiled again under a high rain. Outside, Perseverance. Inside, it's Artsma. But it's foiled again. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy. Perseverance was second. Artsma finished third. Foiled again in one, three, 100 career wins. All right, Mike Bozich. How do you like that, my friend? What planet am I on right now? <laughs> that is all I can ask. Wow. What a call. Win one number 100, buddy. How about it? Well, it's not about the call. It's about the horse. Foiled again, went out there and got it. Done it 100 times. Unbelievable. And, you know, Perseverant took a shot at three quarters. He pulled the pocket, and he didn't have all that much horse. Artsma was the one that was the worry. He was in the three-hole, and he slid up the passing lane. But as they come to the top of the stretch, Shingra got what he wanted out of Foiled again. He got the second quarter that he wanted, first and foremost. But a cool moment, a fist pump right at the wire. For Yannick Shingra, foiled again, has won win number 100. It was an awesome, awesome sight. Listen, it was all drive by Yannick Shingra. All drive, because he got the, he said, his, like you said, he controlled his own destiny. And Shingra has said before, Mike, that, uh, you know, he, he, he doesn't like to go those super fast fractions anymore. He's got to kind of sit back off the pace a little bit. And uh, boy, did he get it his own way. 29 and 2 second quarter. And then again, and then again, Mike, in the third quarter, I mean, just absolutely amazing performance by the gutsy foiled again. It certainly is. And, Mike, there's going to be a presentation in the winner's circle. Barry Brown, the uh, racing general manager here at Aaron's Philadelphia, along with uh, Joe Osher, the race secretary. And, Mike, this uh, winner's circle is filling up. I think the only time I've seen the winner's circle more full at Harris, Philadelphia was a couple of years ago when Wiggle It Jiggle It won the invitational here on Stakes Day. But uh a lot of cameras out. This is this is truly awesome, Mike. This is really, really a cool thing to see. But listen, 
leave, leave us with you. I want to. We want to hear the. Uh, we want to hear the winter circle. Uh, the winter circle reduction. So we're going to keep you on here, my friend. For the one hundredth time, fourteen-year-old building by Dragon again at the Arts Place now in a safe place. Led by Bart Matthews, or bred by Bart Matthews, owned by Burke Racing, Weaver Brusemi, J.J. Bill Court, the winning trainer, Yannick Shinra, of course. The winning driver, as Hoyle began, enters the winner's circle for the 100th time. And this race made his debut for these connections. They bought him for $62,500, made his debut over the Soto in a fifth place finish, an upper condition level event. And Hoyle is going to take a spin in front of the stand. So take a look at perhaps the great, the greatest harness horse of all time. Certainly the richest. Foiled again, getting a huge round of applause from the audience here at Harris, Philadelphia. And once again, the winner's circle is jam-packed as well. So congratulations. 100 wins for the great, and I do mean great, Foiled again. Mike, this is something. I gotta ask, what's the crowd like on the apron right now? Well, I'll tell you what, the, the crowd is certainly coming out of the building right now. They're all getting on the fence, taking a look at Foiled again. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of, a lot of cameras out, which in this day and age means cell phones, but uh, a lot of cameras out taking pictures. And I'll tell you what, I think every cell phone in the place is being used right now, Mike, so... Of course, Listen, that's I'm, a camera device, but why not? I'm watching the feed, Mike, and it's just so amazing to see what they're doing. To let's see, let's hear the roar from the Jackson crowd as James Witherite announces the foiled again scores career 100, and the crowd goes the crowd goes nuts here at Jackson and. I'll tell you what, people love this report. It's just incredible to see, uh, just to see everything he's been able to do. Yeah, no question about it. And once again, he's getting another round of applause, and he goes into the winner's circle. Yannick Shingra getting a big hug, a lot of emotion right there in the winner's circle. It's, it's just a great, great sight. Once again, Yannick Shingra, connections are foiled again in the winner's circle right now, special presentation made by the director of racing here at Harris, Philadelphia, Joe Osher, Barry Brown, the assistant race secretary, Rob Pennington, to the connections of Foiled Again and Yannick Shingra. 100 career wins for perhaps the greatest horse to ever step on a racetrack. Certainly the richest, with earnings over $7.5 million. Again, congratulations to all the connections. Foiled Again wins for the 100th time. And there we go. And like I said, coincidentally, Mike Carters, we're back live the USTA studios uh, post-time with Mike and Mike. And uh, once again, that was just so weird, Mike, that that was actually on the Jackson broadcast. And and it just happened that way because we had the Jackson broadcast planned probably for like, what, a month out, maybe three yeah. weeks out. And uh, you know, then you then you, we find out that Foiled again's in the box, going for his 100th win, 
you know, so it, it's just, it's amazing that it kind of worked out that way that we were able to carry that live on the, you know, the Jackson broadcast, but what a day in racing that was. I mean, you know, bittersweet day with Jackson, you know, closing and getting their last hurrah and then foiled again, you know, the greatest harness racehorse of all time, you know, cementing his legacy and getting his 100th win. That was just a really, really cool, really, really cool day. It was different, that's for sure, and uh, like you said, it wasn't planned, and I think that's some of the some of the best moments we've had this year have been moments that we didn't plan on that kind of just taken us by surprise, and we just kind of rolled with the punches, and, you know, the the great foiled again, he, uh, you know, he, he cemented his legacy that day, and then, of course, he went on to win nine more times uh, throughout the season, definitely a racehorse uh, that was worth watching each and every time. All right, so I got two questions for you. First of all, looking back... You know, there was a hidden blooper in that segment. Oh, yeah? There was there was a hidden blooper in that segment, and it, it had nothing to do with actually what happened because I know that you were you were kind of in a an obscure broadcast location at Jackson, so to speak. Right. But when James Witherite, who was calling the races at Jackson that day, who works at Harris Philly, but he was calling the races at Jackson that day and blowing the bugle and everything else – um, when he actually announced about a minute later that Foiled again won for the 100th time, you said, let's listen to this Jackson crowd, and I didn't hear a thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you you're right. The crowd was <laughs> going crazy, but it wasn't <laughs> because they weren't cheering. It was just because the broadcast location we that you were at was kind of out of the way, right? Oh, it was way out of the way. That's for sure. It was way Would they, they put you in a closet or something? No, I was down underneath the grandstand. I couldn't even see. I didn't see one race except for the last race, which we didn't cover on our show. Um, I just kind of had to depend on James uh, for each of those. So yeah, right. You couldn't even things, see the races, which was weird. Right? Couldn't even see the races. Could not see the races. Mm, mm, mm. But anyway, yeah, that was kind of a cool day. And uh, so that was it. We've got uh, plenty more segments coming up on this edition of a post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. And by the way, Oh, I, I do have a question for you before we get to our timeout. What foiled again call are you going to use for the new open? Oh, without a shadow I know you're of a doubt, use one the one at Harris Philly. You're going to use the one at Harris Philly. Yeah, for sure. Okay. What about the one in Shenandoah? No, uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Maybe I could, maybe I could, maybe I could slide both of them in there without you knowing it. Well, there you go. We'll see. <laughs> All right. We've got plenty left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Met America. And when we come back on the other side of this timeout, we will set up our next segment, which you absolutely will not want to miss. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Met America and the USTA. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. 
Mike Bozichair, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st to October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich, as Mike, we highlight. Mike, Mike, you there? We lost you there for a second. Can you hear me now? We got live bloopers on this program. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by <laughs> Bet America and the USDA. <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. beautiful. There we go. Let's, Live uh, blooper. So listen, we're gonna we're gonna kick off next year's 2018 year in review show with a blooper from here. So there you go. That's 2019. Right. We'll have to mark. We'll have to mark these down as we go along. So uh, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, this is the this next segment you're not gonna want to miss because and actually a little bit of a confession. This was actually recorded. At the very end of 2017, but it is so good that we're going to include <laughs> it, to put it in, in the year in review. Mike, this was this. You know, listen, we do a lot of interviews throughout the course of this program, um, and most of the interviews that we do turn out to be. And this isn't a knock on anybody, believe me, but it turned they turn out to be normal, right? Fairly normal, right? No, for the most part, yes. Unless I say yeah. stigma or something stupid like that, but yeah. yes. Well, this, well, this one. This one, it was a gr- it was a really good interview, and it was it was going along like it was very formulaic in comparison to our other interviews, and then all of a sudden something just happened. <laughs> right. It just it just started. All of a sudden, it started to turn into a quote fest. Okay, like if you were listening to this uh, interview from like another harness racing publication, you're just typing and writing down like crazy. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, you're you're typing, you're writing, you're trying to do everything at once, and then all of a sudden, bam, something comes out, yeah. and then I go, "Oh crap!" Now we got breaking news to report. <laughs> yeah this this was our interview with the then new director of racing at Yonkers Raceway, Cami Houghton, and uh, so, speaking of Yonkers, by the way, isn't today the day that the new uh, casino is supposed to uh, the new ownership supposed to take over? Yes. How coincidental is that? But uh, anyway, 
So uh, Cammy Houghton joined the program. It was towards the end of 2017. He was just a couple of weeks on the job, and obviously, you know, he wanted to make some changes. And you know what? Looking back in hindsight, he definitely did make some changes. I think he made good on a lot of the things he told us he would do back at the end of, of 2017. And uh, Mike, I believe Handel has increased since he's implemented those changes, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. Handel's definitely got up. That's for sure. All right. So without further ado, and, and, and once again, this interview starts off like most of our other interviews, but you're going to want to hang with it, believe me, if you haven't had a chance to catch it, even if you did. Actually, hey, Mike, hey Mike, Mike, um, mm-hmm. the daily or DRS, uh, Derek Gibner just sent me a note. Um, the Gaming Commission had canceled the meeting, so the takeover will may not happen today as uh, previously uh, previously thought. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Derek Gibner. Always keeping an eye out for our best interests. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, without further ado, let's relive the uh, Cammie Houghton interview from the very end of 2017. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by the director of racing at Yonkers Raceway, Mr. Cammie Houghton. Cammie, how are you? Good morning, fellas. How are you? Not too bad. Well, uh, talk. You've, you've been in the job a couple of weeks. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the uh, new position and uh, kind of how it came about. All right. First, congratulations to Mike. Mike Carter, you got a Bushwa Award? Yes, sir. Uh, I was nominated for the uh, Breakthrough Award. I appreciate that. That's congratulations to you. Yeah, I got. Uh, you know, first, I my uh, my thanks go out to Mr. Rooney and the COO, uh, Vice President uh, Bob Galterio, for giving me this opportunity. And uh, I'm excited about the 2018 season. We're gonna uh, we're gonna do some good things here. Our, our expectations and in a different, more competitive and exciting racing uh, program. So we're we're gonna we're gonna do some good stuff here. I think. I think. Uh, with the product that we have and the purses, how high they are, the drivers. I mean, I put my drivers up against anybody in the country, any any track. Uh, you know, with uh, Brian Sears, George Brennan, Jason Bartlett. Uh, I think I think we 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 got something here that people need to. Uh, we need to get out to the public and say, hey, you know, we're the best. So, uh, but it's an uphill climb for me, Mike. But uh, we'll we'll get it done. The Houghton name, uh, Mike Bozich here, Cammy. The Houghton name is very synonymous in harness racing. I mean, if you know anything about harness racing, you certainly know the Houghton name. Tell us a little bit about your beginnings, kind of, uh, you know, your, your, your uh, how you got kind of got started in the sport of harness racing. Well, you you first start out with with my dad uh, first starting out and growing up with 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 him. It was like uh, I did, you know, I had. When I was training horses with my dad, you first start out as a groom. You know, you climb up the ladder. And I was a groom, you know, at home. We had horses at our home. He had some thoroughbreds there. We used to ride horses all in Oyster Bay, Long Island all the time. And, you know, you've got to go out there and do the stalls and clean the horses and turn them out. And, then, you know, that's how you first start out. Uh, you don't just uh, just jump in the jock cart and start training horses. You got to you know you got to uh, you know groom them. And then I started at Pompano Park, training horses. And uh, you know you want to know something? I didn't realize that I had a dad like he was. It, and when and when his tragic accident went, you know he was he was just my dad and my best friend. And then you know it's just it, when when that accident happened and he passed away. It shook me up. I mean, it shook me up big time. So, um, 
I was at Pompano Park there, you know, just hanging out there doing nothing. And uh, Harold Gurus at the time, he was a, the general manager at Pompano Park. He says, you know, I'm tired of seeing you just hanging around here. He says, I'm going to send you to uh, Columbus, Ohio, the judges' school. And I was like, yeah, okay. A week later, I went to judges up to Columbus and uh, t- took the took the test. We went to judges' school and, you know, uh, buckled down and did that. And the next thing I know, uh, 20 years of being a judge at the, in New York State and at the Meadowlands went by very, very fast. And now here I am, uh, director of racing at Yonkers, which is a, a great a great opportunity. I'm, I'm really thrilled to do it. Cammy, obviously, uh, going from what you were doing and then to the presiding judge to now director of racing, what kind of differences? Do you, do you kind of look at racing from a different perspective when you move into a position like this? Well, Mike, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to be like a producer, basically, and, and try to try to get this thing on the, on the channel, on the TV, to where we can you know, focus in on the horses and try to make things different. Like we have, we have a drone shot here. We got uh, cameras uh, around the around the last turn uh, in the winter circle, but they're not being used right now. So I'm going to try to keep it going. And when when somebody looks at our signal, you know, I want them to say, "Wow, that's uh, that's pretty cool what they're doing." You know, I mean, uh, with our drivers being the best in the country, the best horses, we got to get it out there to the simulcast. Uh, community, you know, um, that's that's very very important. Uh, the, and that's the broadcast department of it. That's if if you have a, 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 a signal that's dull, it it definitely doesn't stand out. And Yonkers, we're gonna try, we're gonna turn things around and get our signal uh, tip top shape. And uh, you know, I'll tell you that's a good point, Cammy, because nowadays it's—I mean—the visual aspect of uh, of things is just so important. Because a lot of times, when you sit at an OTB, you're looking at a bank of TVs, and a lot of times, the you know the the sharpest the sharpest production is what's going to draw your eye, and and uh, you know you're more liable to certainly play a couple of bucks on that racetrack as opposed to maybe another signal that's that's not as sharp. But but Cammy. Besides that, I know you touched on that, but obviously, you know, you, you touched, you guys got, you know, the obviously the best drivers, the best purses, really, really good racing now, great horses. Oh, no doubt. Um, what are some of the challenges, some of the other challenges, I know you mentioned the signal, but what are some of the other challenges that, that you think that, that, that face Yonkers? Well, the, the other challenges are not really challenges. We have to, we have to look at, I've got to look at a lot of departments. I need to take a look at our race office, you know. And and the thing is, uh, I I spoke to uh, Mr. Galtierio, and and you know it's going to be one thing at a time, you know, Mike. One thing at a time. And and you know, like I said, I got an uphill climb here, but I think that we could do something really, really good with with our product and our our guys. This Saturday night, I'm having a meeting with our drivers, and I'm going to let them know. You know, our post braids, slow these horses down so we can zoom in on them and get a, get a you know, really, really good shot of them. This is what the people, you know, out all over the simulcast area, we need to do that. Like in a post braid when the six and seven go flying by and, and you know, it's just so unprofessional. That's going to stop. All that's going to stop. These guys, 
are going to do as I say, and if they don't like it, they get drive somewhere else. But we have to buckle down and turn things around around here, and I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to do that. Um, the other, let's see, I want to take a look at the broadcast department, the race office, and the, definitely the mutual department. The times, the times that are off. You know what I mean? Make yeah. sure that that when we race. You know, we don't go on top of the Meadowlands, and we stay away from everybody and be and be in between everybody as far as the, the being on the racetrack. Now, that's going to be me. I'm going to be like a director. I'm going to have TVs in front of me. I'm going to watch the Meadowlands. I'm going to watch Northfield. I'm going to watch all these racetracks. And when they're done, then we're coming out. So That's good. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you what, Cameron. You, you know what I mean? I, I, I have... I really, I, I, listen, Mike. I'm going to do some exciting stuff here. You, you wait and see. Um, I got. Uh, I'm going to get together with the SOA, the Standard Bread, uh, Standard Bread Owners Association, with Joe Ferraldo, and and um, and he has a fellow named Alex that works with him. We'll get together and we'll come up with some gimmicks, uh, you know, for the betting public. And you know, the most important thing is is to get it out there so that people know that and recognize that hey Yonkers is right here and you know we're willing to have you well, I'll tell you what, you know, you're in the you're in the right department already, Cammy, because my co-host, yeah. Mr. Mike Carter, sets the post times at Northfield Park. So you guys right oh, now, you're oh, already hey, they're already making it. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Northfield. Uh oh, I better I gotta watch it. Gotta watch it don't come on top of us. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know what, Cammy, Mike Carter does a really, really good job at that. And it's I'll tell you, it's very important nowadays. And that is honestly, that's one of my pet peeves of harness racing is when you're, you know, there's three or four harness tracks remaining in the evening and all three or four of them go like a minute or two or about a lot of times on top of each other. And I'll tell you, the thoroughbreds aren't no better. The thoroughbreds are kind of synonymous for that, too. So I think oh, it's really? very important. Yeah. yeah, it's very important, I think, um, you know, because you want – you it, it, listen. If you're the only track running in that four or five minute bumper period, then you yeah. know you're, you're going to get a lot of the action better. So your handle's going to go up, you know, by default. Yeah, yeah. Mike, you want to know what else I did? And the, with the thanks of the general, with the uh, with the um, Mr. Rooney and, Galter, and Mr. Galterio, got rid of the passing lane. There's going to be no more passing lane. Oh my! Now oh, that's, that's big bad. breaking news, that's Mike breaking Carter. Breaking news. Got, we're getting rid of the passing lane. We're going back to basics. These guys are going to pull. They're not going to sit in there no more and then wait for the passing lane and go up through. You know, do we have a date for that? Uh, when do we come back? Where's our calendar? Stand by because we go on the holiday break. Okay. We come back the seventh, Mike. The seventh. I'm sorry. So wow. uh, yeah, we're we're working on that. We sent the letter. We sent the letter up to the the gaming board for for you know permission to get rid of it. And uh, we're that's uh, I did that yesterday. Well, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what, Cammy. Let's let's do this. And I don't think we've ever done this on this show before. Let's let's book you for the end of January because, uh, or maybe even the beginning of February, because we want to get an update on how, how these uh, things and changes are going. Because it sounds like a really exciting time. Yeah, and the other the other thing, you know what, Mike? The other thing is is that I've been observing for the last month here and just kind of looking around it. And let me just take one more one more minute of your your time. Absolutely. I see I see the horses come out. I see the horses come out the ramp. Okay. 
and they're out there. They're out there for four and a half, five minutes. Now, can you explain to me how the how the money can get in the pool with five minutes? These drivers, when I tell them Saturday night, they're going to be out there seven minutes, possibly. I might add a minute. They're going to be out there a little while, so we could so we could track these horses on the camera and get monies in the pool. You know what I mean? Now, you can't get money in the pool if they're out there. They they go out there. They go one time around the track and then behind the gate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, in the, the weather, and the drivers, part of that you know, the, too, drivers, the drivers go, oh, well, it's cold. Well, you know what? <laughs> Get a pair of gloves. <laughs> you know what? Dress, dress warm. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, buddy, anyway, we certainly appreciate you joining want, us. I want to hey, change, we, I want to we have to have you on. I want to change things better. for the better. Yeah. Go ahead. We, sir, have to, we have to have you come back in February, my friend, because this is good. And I, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see some of the changes there. And, and, and best of luck to you, my friend, because, uh, you know, Yonkers is a very, very pivotal part of this uh, industry as a whole. Yes. And Mike Carter, I love his signal. He's got a great <laughs> signal out there in Northfield. No, he really does. I'm not kidding. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. great. No, we do. And we, I'll tell you what, we, we've got you guys both sitting right here. You'll never, Absolutely. ever see Northfield and Yonkers run over each other ever again, right, guys? <laughs> no way. That's right. I'm watching. That's right. I'll be watching that now. I'll be watching that really close. <laughs> We're back live <laughs> on uh, First Time with Mike and Mike, uh, back live in the USTA studios. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, did, did you guys ever go over each other since that conversation in your remaining time at Northfield Park? No, I think that was it. I, I, I think we had a few conversations, kind of, you know, we talked back and forth, but, uh, you know, nothing, nothing too extreme. So, you know, well, that we, we was just, good. We that, just as professional as possible, you know, that, that was, that was really interesting because that was like the first five or six minutes of a regular interview. Then it kind of turned into like a staff meeting, you know, that we did yeah. some of the oh, stuff for sure. you, at a racetrack, you know, is management that you guys that that you talk about like behind closed doors, like at the round table with the boss. Right. Yeah. Well, that's you know that's what made that interview fun. But was even funnier is when we both I think our jaws about hit. If there could have been cameras on us, they, I, I think it would have been really funny to see because my jaw about hit the floor. What? What? What did you just say? Please, please help me understand. The passing light was yeah, and that was broke on this program. That the passing lane was going to be gone, and that that totally took us by surprise. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he announced the longer post parades, and I will tell you what they got—they have some long post parades at Yonkers, don't they? I mean, I, I think they're still parading from the from the seventh race a couple of weeks ago. I, I, but, I'm not going to comment on that one. But all good points by Cammy, and you know what? In all an attempt. You know, to try to improve handle. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, at some point, we've got to make an attempt to try to improve handle and uh, to improve handle in this business. And uh, um, you know, and and I know attempts have been made, but you know, there's and Mike, you know this from working at, in in the uh, offices at Northfield Park. You know, there's a lot of small things, little things that can be done, just like you know, trying not to race over another racetrack. I mean, right. that's a simple, easy fix that doesn't, you know, call for any kind of marketing budget or any kind of financial assistance. It's just a matter of teamwork and working together. And I still say, Mike, in retrospect, and even to this day, 
that that is one of the things that harness racing does better than thoroughbreds. I'm not even sure that thoroughbreds have any kind of communication with each other because I, it is not – and you, you can see this on TVG, and I could tell you, Mike, that it perturbs TVG when three or four or five of these racetracks go on top of each other, especially on like a Monday or a Tuesday. Well, the the biggest issue, especially during the summertime, is just how many racetracks there are. It's just so difficult to stay away right. from everybody. But but you know, I you know, it, it's tough to stay away from everybody. But you have to do what you have to do. You know what I mean? You have to. Uh, I think you have to pick. I mean, obviously, you have to pick two or three. I mean, obviously, like in Northfield Park. I mean, you want to stay away from the Meadowlands, and you want to stay away from you know Mohawk and. And, uh, you know, some of the bigger signals out there, obviously, you know, we um, when when we started doing that at Hazel Park and we were kind of oblivious to that for a long time. But when we started staggering post times at Hazel Park, what we used to do, and and this was kind of touch and go because, you know, Hazel Park, let's be honest, was not a very big signal. Um, We had the best results when we stayed off of Mohawk or Woodbine. Yep. We we know that was that that was our best results. Not so much the Meadowlands. I mean, honestly, if I had to make a decision, I would run over the top of Meadowlands and stay away from Mohawk, as opposed to the other way around. That's interesting. That's an interesting interesting perception. That's for sure. And I don't know know if it was done it. But right. but but here's the thing: unless you've done it, like we have, I mean, it's not it's not as easy as it looks. That's for sure. Well, no, because you got, you, well, you've got a lot of different things going on. I mean, a lot of times you have recalls, you have equipment adjustments, um, you know, you've got, uh, I mean, things that happen, you know, that can throw that all off, you know. So it's definitely not as easy as it is. But I will tell you what, it's big to, to the gambler because you know you've got a lot of people right. that are just they're betting numbers. They're, they, you know, they they could look at the program in two minutes and know who they want to bet. And you know, if if you've got tracks going on all over each other, that's that it's it's suicide, is what it is. Right, that's what it is. It is because you're costing yourself money. All right. So in, in any event, that was our interview with Cami Houghton. That was towards the end of 2017. This year in review show continues. And up next, Mike, another one of our favorite. This is probably obviously one of the most popular interviews that we've done. Uh, and obviously one of my favorites because, uh, you know, and it was somebody that was outside the harness racing world that moves in, to, that moved into the harness racing world. So up next is our interview with the nature boy, Rick Flair. And we'll talk a little bit about that before we actually play the interview on the other side of this timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the United States Trotting Association. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once in a lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 
Back Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by USTA and Bet America, where Mike Bozich is tripping me up once again. When you said, here we go, I thought you meant after the commercial. And I didn't realize there was a bumper there. Thank God I was on mute because uh, uh, that, that, that could have been another blooper. We'd have two in the same show. How do you like that? But, uh, Mike, you talked a little bit before the, uh, before the um, commercial break about our interview with Ric Flair and how cool – was it to sit down and talk to the nature boy? I mean, it was something I never thought in a million years we'd be able to do, but thanks to our man, Scott Robinson, we made it happen. Yeah, we actually, we had Rick and Scott on the show at the same time, of course. And, and really what a shame that uh, lost in time got hurt because that would have been a really fun ride uh, in 2018 with the nature boy, Rick Flair and Scott Robinson involved. And, uh, you know, I mean, but that's racing. I mean, things like that happen. It's, you know, it it really is a roll of the dice with these horses, but uh, nonetheless, it was a fun ride while it lasted. And without further ado, here is our interview with the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Many times in my youth and growing up watching our next guest, 
on this very program. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, joined by Scott Robinson. Now, Nature Boy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Scott, also, you guys welcome uh, to the program. Thank Thanks you. so much, Thanks fellas. for having me. Now, Rick, I got to ask you really quick, and, and before we get to, I know we're going to talk a little bit of racing with uh, Scott here, but I got to tell you, I have my mother, God rest her soul, she hated your guts. <laughs> Growing up. And I got to tell Good. you, Rick, I, I, and I got to tell you, well, that's right, because you know you're doing your job, but I got to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you what, she, there was a broken TV after you and Tully and Arn and Oli broke the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes' arm, I believe, oh, in the yeah. parking lot. Do you remember that one, Rick? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I got to I got to tell you the TV was broken it was laying out in the yard after you did that I got to tell you she was so bad <laughs> but, but uh I'll tell you what Rick you know looking back at the years I mean such a such a great great career you know you've been on both sides of the aisle you've been a, a heel you've been a face I mean people love the hate and of course it, it turns first full circle at the end I mean people just absolutely you know love you and love your work and everything and uh, that I mean looking oh, back on you. your career that's that's something that you certainly got to be proud of yeah I am it's um, it's funny you know it's come full circle so um, it's um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very rewarded, to be honest with you. Yeah, all this stuff. Even to have someone uh, in the position that uh, Scott is to reach out and uh, bring me to an event and introduce me to something brand new. Um, you know, just being able to meet people like that, um, you know, which I never had time to meet and wouldn't have probably, wouldn't have had the time and didn't have time and wasn't in a position to meet and enjoy uh, the camaraderie and the uh, good times. I just, with Scott, it's just too bad he met me. I can't drink anymore. (laughs) 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 He's not not getting the full effect. Well, you know what, hey, hey Rick, let me let me tell you something, buddy. You're in good hands with us here in the sport of harness racing, and we're going to make sure that you have uh, a lot you. of fun in, in your experiences. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just kidding. Get Scott the player. Took me five seconds to figure that out when he pulled up in the roll. <laughs> he was waiting for you, buddy. Hey, no. we, hey, we, we do it right here in the sport of hardest racing. There's an old joke. Yeah. We laugh, but we, but we laugh, but we don't play. Scott, let's uh, let's get to you, buddy. Let's. Uh, how did how did this whole thing come about? How did this whole thing with uh, with the Nature Boy Ric Flair come about? Scott, this question's for you. I wanted the best. I mean, I I had the best horse. I want the I want the uh, I wanted somebody to present me the award that was the best. And who better than Rick? And, uh, you know, he's great for the sport. It's the entertainment, you know, that, uh, you know, that brings to me. And, you know, uh, I think I can give him an adrenaline rush that's going to match walking down that aisle with 60,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Well, listen, Rick, uh, I got to accept uh, the Breakthrough Award, uh, the Hardest Trainers Breakthrough Award. And the one thing I was probably, I was, I, I, I announced races uh, as part of my job, and I was so nervous about speaking in front of people, and then I saw you sitting at the table uh, close to me, and I went, oh gosh, one of, uh, one of my heroes is sitting in front of me. Rick, talk about uh, the Dan Patch night, and uh, what it was like for you to uh, kind of sit down and enjoy dinner with us. 
Um, well, you know, it's a, a different crowd, obviously. Um, but, um, gosh, beyond belief or beyond overwhelming, friendly, um, no level of discomfort. You know, sometimes the, the elite don't like people coming in that aren't familiar enough with their with their uh, sport or their their business. Uh, but everybody was great. It was a wonderful time and an opportunity for me to learn a lot about uh, harness racing that I didn't know. I've watched it a bunch, but and I had a friend who owned a harness racing farm back in the 60s, um, a family, but the Wirtz family out of Chicago. But, um, you know, it's the first time I've been around it. Uh, the first time I've been to a bank like that and to watch the uh, people and uh, uh, just, you know, very first class. That's all, all I can say. Scott, uh, this this question's coming out for you, and I know that uh, you're going to uh, you're going to kind of indoctrinate Rick into the harness racing game pretty quickly. We've talked about how hands-on harness racing is, as opposed to other sports. I mean, in actual harness racing, you can get behind and jog your horse, you can visit the barn, you can be as personal with, with your horse as you want to be. I mean, obviously within reason, but uh, you know, thoroughbreds, you can't really do that, and a lot of other sports, you can't do that. And Scott, you recognize no. that. And I'll tell you what, you—I know you're going to have Rick uh, if, if Rick's willing to sit behind uh, his uh, champion pacer, right? Most definitely. I can't step into a batting cage with Derek Jeter at Yankee Stadium. I can't drive around Daytona with Earnhardt at uh, you know at, with a NASCAR. But I can step in behind the Lost in Time with Hall of Famer Rick Flair jogging his horse, and we can enjoy that. We can enjoy that camaraderie. We can enjoy, he can enjoy that. Hey, that riding, that riding around with NASCAR is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I've done all that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, my friend, have you ever sat without behind her, a harness without her, without the Earnhardt's plural and Jeff Gordon, you know, that, that leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I, the, the harness racing shouldn't take a backseat to anything. That's right. Now, Rick. Now you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get out on the racetrack and you're gonna you're gonna jog this horse, right? I'm going to the event. I'm not gonna obviously race the horse, but I'll, I'm going to the event in Ohio, right, Scott? Yeah. You're, he, Rick wants to come to the Little Brown Jug, most definitely. And uh, but you know, anytime he wants to, uh, where you know, what schedule permitting, whenever he wants to come to Jimmy's or whenever he wants to uh, come to the training center. You know, and that's the that's the, that's the opportunity I, I you know that harness racing provides. He can sit behind his horse, he can touch his horse, he can jog his horse. I mean, it you know it, that's what we can do. He can interact with the horse. He can interact with the people. I mean, where else can you do that? What other sport can you do that? Now, Rick lost in time. Has got some. Uh, big races uh, coming up this year. Uh, he's got a couple of million dollar events. And obviously, uh, the excitement uh, when you're coming down the aisle and facing, say, Hulk Hogan or, you know, you're wrestling for the WWE Championship, uh, there's got to be an adrenaline type rush. When you get ready to watch your horse uh, go for a million dollars, uh, what do you think that feeling will be like? I, I don't know because I haven't experienced it yet. I don't think it's quite the same because I'm not actually physically involved, but it, it, it's a different kind of rush. I mean, it's uh, for me, um, my favorite hobbies are 
are I like I like boating and fishing yet. I, I'm not really interested in watching Miss Miss Budweiser race around. That makes sense. Um, I, I like being, I like I like being part of it. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a new experience, and uh, you know, a lot for me is the people that I'm around. Does that make sense? You yeah. know, I can uh, all the money in the world. It's great, but if you're not enjoying yourself and you're not comfortable with the people you're with, uh, you know, how much fun is that, right?
I mean, the Kentucky Derby has got Michael Jordan at it, right? That would be the Harness Nation's next attempt to get Michael Jordan and people. It's a cross-demic, cross-demic, cross-demographic capability that makes other sports. To see uh, Mayweather at the Laker games, do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think what will really help them is uh, I think everybody enjoys it that has seen it, but a lot of people haven't seen it. And I think exposure, you know, which once again revolves around budget, but I think getting people like myself and, you know, like I I can make a promo for Scott's Horse. Uh, you know, that you can post and it you know, if, if people are it, it's easy to get people's attention if you bring it to them and you have something to talk about that's legit. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, absolutely it does. And I'm going to tell you what, nobody can cut a better promo than the nature boy Ric Flair. I can, <laughs> well, I can certainly Scott, say that. Scott's got, a legit, Scott's got a legit horse. Oh, well, absolutely. It's a great yeah. horse, and I'll tell you what, Scott Robinson could cut a pretty damn good promo too. Scott, what do you? I know you've got a lot of uh, Scott. I know you've got a lot of, uh, of feelings on marketing. Give us, uh, give us kind of your your watered down version. Change the culture. Uh, we got to be on TV. End of story. There bottom you go. line is. Yeah. Bottom line is this: Joe Q. Public sitting out on his couch in America has to be able to flip through the channels and find harness racing by accident. By a- I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Watered down version, cut and dry, 30 seconds, that is the answer. End of story. Next question. Yep. That's it. <laughs> well, Scott, Scott, listen, I've been reading some of your stuff uh, about marketing over the past uh, couple of weeks. I'll tell you what, you know, if we can find and I'm just throwing this out there as an example, and I think Rick can kind of uh, agree with me. If I, if I can watch fishing on my television, I should be able to watch. Uh, should be able to watch fishing. I mean, that's you yeah, know, there, there's just no reason. You can watch. You can watch Frisbee on TV now. Give me a break. I mean, geez. the the extras kill me. <laughs> poker. <laughs> well, right. Jesus, give me a break. Yep. Who watches poker? They're dying for programming. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, Rick. Uh, listen, we we we've discussed the we've discussed the harness racing. Now, I, I, and I know Mike has watched uh, WWE WWF for a long time, and I know I have. What was it like to walk down the aisle? You know, to hear the cheers and the crowds, and you you face the greats: Hulk Hogan, Triple H, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. What what was it like to come down and you know wrestle and put on a show in front of those fans? Nothing like it. Nothing like it. It's uh, it's hard to it's hard to explain in front of eighty thousand people. It's just uh, it 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 it's, I don't know. It's just something that very few people uh, are allowed to experience. The ones that are lucky enough to be in that position should relish that and cherish those moments the rest of their life. And there it is, our interview with the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, as we are back live on this 2018 year in review show. And, uh, Mike, some very good points brought up with the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And I think one of the challenges that we had, you know, is 
how are we going to incorporate the harness racing conversation in with Rick? Now we know that he owns, uh, you know, lost in time or part of lost in time with Scott Robinson, but you know, other than that, I mean, Rick really didn't know or doesn't know a whole lot about the sport. So it was kind of a challenge on how we were going to integrate, you know, wrestling and harness racing into the same conversation, but uh, we managed to do it somehow. Mike. I think we lost Mike Carter. We're going to go to a commercial timeout. When we come back, we're going to have more on the 2018 year in review show. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Back in just a moment. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing Colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old Colt Pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly Pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Catch Drivers, a free harness racing driving game for your phone. Race against your friends, real-life drivers, and fellow virtual catch drivers from around the world. Race in stakes races, driving championships, party mode, or just in normal quick play. Download Catch Driver for free in the App Store and the Google Play Store. All right, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. It's our 2018 year in review show, joined once again by Mike Carter from the USTA studios. And, uh, Mike, we were talking a little bit about the Ric Flair interview, and, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge for us, Mike, because we were trying to figure out how we were going to, you know, integrate harness racing with professional wrestling. And, you know, Rick doesn't or didn't really know a whole lot about Harness racing obviously is, you know, part of the ownership group now with Lost in Time, but really going in, he didn't know a little bit or he didn't know a whole lot about harness racing, and that was kind of a challenge when approaching that interview. Yeah, it was, and we didn't know how we were going to keep him talking. That was another big thing, and, you know, we wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, that he was well-received and well-taken care of. And, Mike, at the end of the interview, something that really kind of meant a lot to me anyway was he said, thanks for the respect, guys, which means, you know – Hey, you know, he had a lot of fun on our show. He talked to us for uh, quite some time, about 15, 20 minutes almost, Mike. It was definitely one of the best interviews uh, from last year. Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, thank you very much to Scott Robinson, who really made that happen. I mean, that was, you know, it was funny because we were kind of joking about it. And he said, well, you know what, let's ask Scott. And sure as heck, Scott Robinson came through like the very next week and got us the nature boy. And, you know, well, we were just open for a couple of minutes of his time. And uh, Rick was so generous. I mean, that turned out to be like a 20 minute interview. There was actually like four or five minutes left on that interview. But because of time constraints, we had to cut it down a little bit. But Mike, you know, it's funny because a couple of weeks after 
after that, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, you uh, accepted the uh, job with the United States Trotting Association. And uh, we I don't think we broke that on post time with Mike and Mike. I think there was no. the, the USDA press release actually come out a day or two before. But, uh, you know, we had a chance to kind of get your initial reactions uh, from taking the job. And listen, we all know that when you change jobs in this industry, it's tough. Like I said, in the interview, a lot going on. Uh, I mean, you know, from a personal standpoint and a professional standpoint, I mean, obviously you, you know, you want to advance in the industry, but at the same time, you know, you got to look out for family and, you know, you place to stay and just all that kind of stuff. So a lot went into the decision and we were able to kind of get the first in-depth interview with you yep. after taking the job with the USTA. So without further ado, let's, Check it out. Special edition of the big show here today, and one big reason for that is because Mike Carter is broadcasting live from the USTA studios just outside of Columbus, Ohio. If you haven't heard the news, it was uh, plastered all over the USTA, all over social media back on Monday, June 4th, where my broadcast partner, one half of the post time with Mike and Mike team, Mike Carter, joins the United States Trotting Association's social media and PR team. Let's uh, read this article very, very quickly before we bring in my good friend, uh, broadcasting live from Ohio. Mike Carter, the 2017 U.S. Harness Riders Association Breakthrough Award winner and well-known co-host of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Well, I, well, I don't know about well-known, Mike Carter. Come on. But anyway, <laughs> presented by Bet America, joined the U.S. Drawing Association on Monday as social media and public relations coordinator. Carter comes to the USTA from Northfield Park. We served as assistant director of mutuals and backup track announcer. Carter was uh, also the uh, track announcer at Buffalo Raceway and uh, did mutuals there and some marketing and just the jack of all trains. And we got a quote in that article from uh, Dan Leary, the USTA Director of Marketing and Communications, saying that Michael Carter is a great addition to the USTA's communications team because he brings knowledge, experience, and a large network of contacts throughout the industry to the position. So let me just give my take on this, and then we're going to bring in Mike. Let me let me give you my take on this. And I, you know, said it on Facebook when I give you your little congratulatory message. Mike Carter, out of the 20 years I've been in this business, my good friend and broadcast partner, Mike Carter, is one of the hardest working, most passionate people that I have ever known that uh, in the sport of harness racing. And Mike cares about the sport of harness racing and its participants very, very deeply. And Mike has got a tireless way about him when it comes to getting stuff done for not only the show, not only for who he may work for at the time, but this industry. And it was a great, great hire by the USTA. Mike will be working alongside of Wendy Ross uh, in their social media department. And I'll tell you what, it was, a, in my opinion, a fantastic hire. They could not, found, could not have found a better person for the job. But without further ado, while uh, Mike's head's continu his head continues to swell, <laughs> let's bring it in. Let's bring in Mike Carter. Mike, broadcasting live from the USTA studios, buddy. That's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, it does. And uh, listen, your check's in the mail. I, uh, I for all that stuff you said, I promise. And, uh, you know, it feels good to be here. Uh, we've got a lot of great things going on um, currently here at the USTA. Uh, we're working on some fun stuff. And uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be really exciting. Can't wait to share it with everybody else. 
show, we're going to break traditional format from the show. Usually we talk a little bit about what's going on in the business for the first couple of minutes. We go to our first commercial break, and then we bring in a guest. But we're going to break format uh, for this show just a little bit because of the situation and, and your current situation. I mean, last time we talked to you, you were at Northfield Park preparing for the Battle of Lake Erie, which, by the way, was a hell of a race. We'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes. But uh, we're going to talk to you a little bit about your new position, what this means to you on a personal level, and, of course, what this means to you on a professional level. So, first of all, let's talk to you, Mike, about this on a personal level. What went into the decision? And I know that, it, obviously, whenever you change jobs, it's a very big decision. A lot of different factors have to be considered. But what went into your decision to uh, jump aboard the USDA? You know, a lot went into it. Um, obviously, uh, you know, from, from a personal standpoint, um, you know, it, it was something. Social media is something that I am very much interested in. Marketing, something I'm very much interested in, and the creative aspect of it, Mike. Um, that's the biggest thing. Uh, this job will allow me to be very creative in what I do. Um, working alongside of Jason Turner and Wendy Ross and the gang here, uh, we're going to be able to create some new things and uh, do some different things. So, on a personal level. Level, it was. Uh, it will allow my creativity to expand. Let's talk professional because I know that you put harness racing way above it. And let me tell you what: if anybody, if you've ever met Mike <laughs> Carter, Mike Carter doesn't have an ego at all. Mike Carter puts the business first and the profession first, and works tirelessly not only on the air but behind the scenes in doing what's right for the sport of harness racing. So let's talk a little bit about on a professional level. You're here at the USTA. You're going to be working alongside of Wendy Ross and Rich and Jason and obviously some of the other people uh, there at the USTA. Tell us a little bit about what your responsibilities are going to be. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a multitude of things, um, managing the social media pages uh, for, for the United States Trotting Association. I'll be working with Wendy Ross to do some of the harness racing fan zone stuff. Uh, I'll be on Facebook. Um, we're going to be working to, um, you know, manage some of those websites. I'll be uh, doing some newsroom work as well. So uh, a, a lot is entailed. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the nuts and bolts to it all. But uh, I, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's a lot of moving parts and things you wouldn't expect to see, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We've talked many times to and about Allison Conti, the the former social media director there at the USTA, and just the major contributions that she has made uh, to the sport in a lot of different ways. Um, obviously, those are very big shoes to fill. I mean, Allison was a go-getter. She went out there and hustled and did a lot of great work, uh, not only you know in front of the in front of the curtain, but behind the curtain as well, uh, behind the scenes. But you know. With that being said, I know that you and Wendy are going to put your own different twists. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody does things differently. And I know you're going to put your own little twists, you know, to things, especially when it comes to social media. And we've talked about this on numerous occasions uh, during the two-and-a-half-year course of this show so far about how important social media is. You know, harness the, the argument can be made that harness racing missed the television bus 30 or 40 years ago, and we cannot miss the social media bus. How important is social media to the future of the sport of harness racing? It's very important, not just to the future of harness racing in general, we have to do it with a purpose and an intent. 
And I think that's uh, that's something that I've learned even just in the first few days here um, is we have to jump on the bandwagon and we got to do it the right way. We can't just, you know, hustle out and do it. You got to kind of take it back, be a little bit slow about it and kind of just, you know, take your time and figure out what kind of audience you want to reach. And I think that's the biggest thing. Now, I know you've got some plans and ways you want to do things. Can you kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit, maybe give us some hints? I know you probably can't go into too much depth about it at this time. I mean, it's only, what, your third or fourth day. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about what we can expect to see uh, from the social media platforms and from the Harness Racing Fan Zone. You know, we're we're gonna just gonna be working hard to you know pr- positively promote the sport of harness racing. Um, obviously, I can't go into too many details just yet. We've got some big announcements coming over the next uh, couple of weeks, but you know, we're we're gonna positively promote the sport of harness racing, and we're just gonna continue to do what we do. Uh, work extremely hard with uh, Wendy Ross and the gang here, uh, Rich Johnston, uh, Jason Turner, and Mark Hall, and uh, of course Dan Leary to work with all those guys um, to just make it the best product that we can. Um, and really promote the sport of harness racing and try to attract some new people. All right, and there we were. We're back in the USDA studios. Mike Bozich live along with Mike Carter. And, uh, Mike, this was uh, just a couple of days after you actually – that interview was from uh, just a couple of days after you started the job at the USTA. And, and, uh, you know, along with Wendy Ross working in the social media department, working with the Harness Racing Fan Zone. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a big change for you. I mean, like right in the middle of the season, right in the middle of – or just shy, really, of all the Grand Circuit action and uh you know you kind of got thrown thrown to the wolves right away well and once again mike carter has nothing to say is very silent so he must be having technical issues as we speak so we're going to uh we'll catch up with mike carter in just a few minutes but anyway that was uh the voice of mike carter just a couple of days after we started with the uh, social media job at the usta him along with wendy ross doing an outstanding job that a great job of organizing the uh, whole foiled again retirement tour that was just a a great great thing for the sport of harness racing and we'll catch up with mike carter on the other side of this timeout but this year in review show is going to roll on and uh, coming up next on this edition of post time with mike and mike here in review show a little bit of a uh, a sad segment uh, because we're going to talk a little bit about uh marv bachrod of course marv the uh, longtime publicity director at uh, dover downs uh, passed away this year, and uh, we had a chance to interview Marv right towards the end. Like I believe it was the last show, the second last show of uh, 2017. So that was the last time we had a chance to talk to Marv, and that uh, made the cut here in the uh, 2018 year interview show. So we're going to listen to uh, Marv Bachrod for a final time. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. The year in review show kicks on. It's also presented by the USTA. Millstream Farm has been breeding and raising standard bred trotters for over 21 years at its Kentucky farm, and we've just completed the third full year of operations in New Jersey. Our Kentucky farm is located just minutes away from Fassig Tipton and just a mile north of the Kentucky Horse Park. Our New Jersey farm is located in Allentown and is one of the Garden State's most beautiful, a pristine 76-acre preserved horse heaven. Our New Jersey location includes farm turnouts, 
adults, broodmare boarding, weanlings, and yearlings. And we also sell a consignment of trotters every year in Harrisburg. For more information, visit millstreamfarm.com. That's millstreamfarm.com. Bring in the new year right with Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment on Friday, January 4th and Saturday, January 5th as racing fans can win their share of $2,019. Ten contestants will be selected after race number six and can win varying amounts of prizes. For more information and complete schedule, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back at post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America Live in the USDA studios. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and uh, Mike didn't have a chance to catch up with you after that last segment, but uh, we had a chance to relive your interview. You right in the middle of the season accepted the uh, job with the USTA, and that was you know right kind of as we were getting ready to start Grand Circuit season, and it was. Uh, I don't know how tough of a transition for you, but how was that overall transition transitioning from Northfield Park to the USDA? First off, can you hear me okay? Oh, we got <laughs> we gotta you. Make, gotta, make sure, gotta make sure. Now the transition, it, it was good. You know, um, you know, it took a little bit of getting used to, but we uh, we jumped right into traveling. And Rich and the guys, uh, you know, they they inducted me into their little family, um, traveling wise. And if you've never traveled with Rich and Mark, um, it's an experience, that's for sure. So, uh, so, but uh, no, and and all joking aside, you know, transitioning from you know one to the next. Um, it has been a definite career builder. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to uh, to 2019 and uh, beyond, and see what we got going on. All right, uh, a little bit of a our next segment, a little bit of a uh, a bittersweet moment because uh, Marv Bachrod has meant so much to the harness racing industry. Of course, he passed away uh, this year or last year, I should say, in 2018, and uh, we had a chance to talk to Marv right at the end of 2017 and that was our last interview uh, that, uh with marv and i don't really know if he's had any like in-depth interviews since then but you know it was it was just good to hear marv's voice again and uh you know without further ado let's check it out this was uh, back right at the end of 2017 uh, marv bachrod in his last interview with us at post time with mike and mike we're back on both sides with Mike and Mike, presented by Embed America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Still plenty to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're going to take a look at some of the harness racing headlines coming up in just a couple of minutes. Plus, Janine Gessick is going to talk about the 2017 pacing for the Kiri Fund coming here to Harris, Philadelphia on November 26th. She's uh, towards the bottom of the hour. But first, it's our good bunny, the director of publicity at the Dover Downs. He is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer uh, over and over. Our guy, Marv Bachrod. Marv, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Mike, and uh, great being here. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the matrons tonight. Of course, it is that time of year. And actually, we've got a pretty nice day for it. I know the sun's shining pretty bright. Yes. Uh, going to get uh, pretty nice here. Of course, they'll, they'll cool off by the time you guys start a little bit, but that's uh, perfectly fine. I think for uh, coming up on Thanksgiving, we'll take this kind of weather any day of the week. But first of all, you guys are a couple of weeks into the meet. Tell us how it's going so far. 
Uh, everything's off to a good start here at Dover Downs uh, during the winter, particularly when the uh, Pennsylvania tracks uh, are uh, taking some time off. We do uh, exceedingly well. As you know, you've been here several times during uh, uh, the past year or so. Uh, here at Dover Downs, we have uh, excellent racing top cards each and every day. We go four days a week. We start at 4.30 in the afternoon. And uh, as usual, we start to really get uh, rolling just about this time of the year. It takes the, about a, a week or so before people realize that you're around and such. And uh, we're here with uh, some top cards, including this big one coming up starting this afternoon. Those four rich matron stakes for three-year-olds are getting ready to go. And uh, we've got some headline names, of course, in uh, action today. We've got uh, Down by the Seaside, one of the outstanding uh, three-year-olds right now. He's vying to uh, perhaps become the uh, three-year-old pacer of the year and uh, maybe even horse of the year. And uh, he'll be here today and he'll be back next week, next uh, Wednesday. It'll be the uh, Progress Pace uh, preview. And in the uh, Happens in progress pace. Uh, you'll be the first to know this. Down by the seaside, we'll be back. And also, there's uh, uh, his stable mate. We'll be here just as well. The big terror. So uh, we've got uh, dragon terror, and uh, we've got. Uh, down by the seaside. Now that's coming up next Wednesday. So that's your preview for right now. Getting back to today's action, the ice attraction is here in the Philly Trot going for $186,600. Uh, what the Hill, the horse that uh, finished first but was disqualified and placed away from victory in the Breeders' Crown that came right back uh, recently, and he's heading things in the $201,900 matron colt trot today, and David Miller, the Hall of Famer, will be in the bike for the uh, uh, members of the Perk uh, uh, Racing Stable. Uh, we have uh, dreamed together uh, as uh, a uh, I guess you might say a, a battler for first place in the uh, matron Philly trot with ice attraction from the uh, Okies Fonstead stable. And Idyllic Beach, she, she was a, an outstanding early season Philly. She's in the $182,700 matron uh, sophomore Philly pace. Yannick Jingra will be in the bike for that one. And. Uh, that's the way things uh, will be shaping up. Uh, uh, Caviar Alley is there and uh, will be a uh, principal contestant in the uh, Philly Pace. So uh, that's the way things shape up for the matron. We have a $30,000 preferred pace with Kristen Mee N and Market So headlining that one. And we've got a $25,000 open pace, and it's just a terrific card for a Thursday afternoon, late in the afternoon at 4.30, we'll be humming. Now, Marv, uh, obviously you touched on a, a couple of the big horses at each of the races. Uh, let's uh, let's kind of dive into a, a couple of the races uh, that are coming up here tonight. Obviously, Ice Attraction was a, a big upsetter 
in uh, in, in Lexington in the Kentucky Philly uh, Futurity and uh, right. has been racing uh, pretty well for Trader Driver Okius Funstead. Uh, Luke Blaze sends two horses into this race though in Dream Together and On a Sunny yeah. Day. Both draw to uh, one to the inside, one to the outside of Ice Attraction. But uh, I tell you, Okius Funstead and uh, Luke Blaze uh, pretty much sum up this field. Yeah, that's pretty much the so for almost all these fields uh, anymore. Uh, several uh, top-notch uh, stables uh, are dominating the uh, top events from early in the season to right now with the Matron, one of the uh, uh, top late-season attractions. And uh, we see them right here in uh, our uh, four Matron uh, finals coming up for today. All right, and there it was. Uh, we're back live in the USDA studios. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And, uh, Mike, that was the last chance that we would ever get to hear the voice of Marv Dockrod on this particular yep. program. And uh tell you what, uh, what a great guy he was. What a uh, gem for the sport of harness racing. Give his blood, sweat, and tears for the sport for so many years. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate to uh, ha- have lost him, but um, – you know what? He did some amazing things for the sport, and uh, you know what? We're just glad we were able to get to talk to him uh, one final time. Uh, I tell you what, man. Uh, some 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 people might want to start to think away from this show. First Marv now, or excuse me, first Hervey, then Marv. Uh, you know, it, it's just nice to be able to kind of share some of these moments with these guys. Uh, you know, some of their last moments, so to speak. Yeah, it certainly is. We had the last, really the last uh, interview with Hervey too. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure that was from the end of 2017. I'm not really sure that that was Marv's last interview with the media outlet or whatever, but it was, you know, the last chance. And, and he was been on numerous times. So that was kind of the last chance that, you know, we had with uh, Marv. And uh, I'll tell you what, just a great guy, a Hall of Famer many, many times over. And to close this show, Mike, we're going to take a look at a, uh, the memory of another horse that we, a horse that we actually lost in 2018, some beat somewhere. I mean, one of the greatest racehorses, one of the greatest sires. Time we had a chance to do a little bit of a tribute show to him back in January, and uh, we've got a clip of the, uh, kind of like the open, the uh, the memorial that we did to him. So we're going to play that as we close the show. But first, between Marv and some beat somewhere who we lost in 2018, we're going to lighten it up just a little bit, just for a few minutes. Mike, I know you've been waiting for this. Oh, boy. We've. <laughs> so let me set the stage. First time ever that we had announcing legend Vance Cameron on the program. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And, and Vance. Oh, no. You know, I mean, boom, there it is. Or boom, just like that. Boom, just like that. I mean, traditional voice of the Gold Cup and Saucer. I mean, just uh, one of the gems of the sport of harness racing. And actually, we were working. We couldn't even get his number. It took us a long time to, like, try to track down how we actually get a hold of Vance because, you know, he's not a big guy on social media or or email or anything. So, you know, we finally get a hold of Vance, finally get him on the show after months of trying. Very excited to get him on the show. And then – and uh, along this with happened. him, we had Melissa Keith, and that that may have made it worse. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Melissa Keith, one of the great writers of our of our time in this business. Uh, and, uh, and so, anyway, let's just uh, can we let, not let's take can a we just skip this part? <laughs> let's take a listen to what happened. Here we go. Vance Cameron, we've heard some great calls from Vance, and actually, uh, Vance is going to join the four of us or the three of us now on the program. Vance, how's it going, man? 
Uh, it's going great. Thanks for having me. Now, now, Mel, obviously, uh, you know, and we're going to talk with Vance some too. Uh, just that—that's just part of the stigma of the Gold Cup and Saucer every year is uh, having Vance call the race, correct? Part of the stigma. <laughs> I think it's uh, the the ultimate selling point uh, is having having Canada's voice call the race. Yeah, and absolutely, Vance. I'll tell you what, I look forward to it each and every year. So, Vance, let's bring you into the ball game. How, where did boom just like that come from? Is that something that you were just calling a race one day and it just it, it just appeared, or is that something that, that you know, you've worked on and, and kind of perfected over the years? How did that come about? Well, I'll tell you, I stole that from a Frenchman out of Montreal quite a few years ago. I was watching the simulcast, and uh, he used the boom just like that call. His name was Danny Imond. So I gave him the uh, French call, so I said, I'll steal this one here, and I'll turn it into the English call. And Mr. Iman had no trouble with it, as he, he stated years afterwards. Yeah, no question. And, and of course, this is a, a race that you look forward to every year. We talked to Mel about the atmosphere of the Gold Cup and Saucer. And obviously, as an announcer, you obviously have to feed off the crowd and the energy. Am I correct? Exactly. Um, when uh, Redshore Charlottetown was built, uh, the judges stand was enclosed, uh, glass enclosed. Uh, I have a wonderful friend in marketing by the name of Lee Drake. And I said to Lee, I said, it's tired to get into the race when you can't hear the crowd, you can't hear the horses. And uh, so he took it upon himself uh, to get a glass company in. They come along, they said they could fix that. They got me a sliding glass window. Now I get a chance to listen to the crowd on the tarmac. I get a chance to listen to the horse pound off the racetrack. And it makes all the difference in the world to this race caller. Now, Vance uh, and Mel, too, I got, I got to admit, uh, stigma was the wrong word there. Excuse me for uh, not knowing the, uh, the, the meaning there. Uh, once, Mel, once, Mel la once Mel laughed, I realized right then what, what I, I had to go look it up really fast. I meant tradition of the, of the race. And, and, and Vance, I, I've listened to the Gold Cup and Saucer over many years, and to hear the excitement um, from that race. Obviously, uh, we just talked about the open window. Uh, the people that come for this race is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Mike Carter continues to try to to try to dig Take my way out, out of that of the hole. Uh, okay, but here, but I do have the definition of stigma in front of me. Now, you know what? Can, can, you, can you not list, please? There's hold on. There's three different definitions of it. Okay. Okay. The, actually, there's two that aren't what it really means. Okay. Number one is a scar left by a hot iron. Okay. Okay. Number three, you still with me? You didn't hear yeah, up on here, did you? Okay. And number three is the part of the pistil of a flower which receives the pollen grains on which they germinate. Oh my God. And of course, the other one is a mark of shame or discredit. A mark of shame or discredit. But Hashtag you know, like, I need a dictionary. Well, you no. Know, here's the here and here's the good thing about that that little clip is because after uh, Vance answered the question, if, what a great sport Vance was, by the way. Uh, you know, once he answered the question, you know, there was a little bit of a pause because I thought you were going to go next, but actually, you had went to look up what you just said. Right. 
<laughs> so there was a little bit of a pause there, and I kind of had to continue. But uh, you, you, you know, you apologize for it, and it's just you know. I mean, listen, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, right? Right, that's for sure. All right, and you know what? And listen, I I, I looked very very hard, Mike Carter, through all the shows. And you know what? I had no bloopers, so you know what? It must have been a perfect 2018 for me. Yeah, right. Perfect 2018. <laughs> uh, I made no mistakes in 2018, right? Yeah. Well, we we won't go there. Well, we only listen. We only we're back down to two hours on Blog Talk, so that's why we couldn't include any of mine because it would have taken the yeah, whole two right. hours up. <laughs> but anyway, we what we're going to do now is we're going to play our final commercial timeout. When we come back, we're going to close with uh, the Sun Beach Somewhere tribute uh, that we did. And Mike, here's another you know horse, a grand champion that we lost, and this really hurt Mike because this was really unexpected. And Sun Beach Somewhere was really in his prime as far as uh, siring horses, so this was really a, a big loss for the sport of harness racing. Yeah, it was. He's a prime sire. He uh, has produced some very nice champions. He was a champion racehorse in his own right and uh, was uh, was very tough to lose the champ as well there. Okay, so we're going to take a final time out there. We're going to go right into that close. So this will be the last time you hear our voice on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. So, And uh, I'll let you kind of close it out and set it to break, Mike. But on behalf of all of us here uh, in the Bozich household and in this part of Post Time with Mike and Mike, we want to wish everybody a happy and prosperous 2019. And uh, once again, we appreciate all of our listeners, all of our sponsors, uh, everything that really the sport of harness racing has done to help promote this show. And, and you know what, 2019 is going to be bigger and better than ever. So on behalf of all of us, Happy New Year and uh, hang with us here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's take you into the final commercial break. We'll close it out with some beach somewhere. We'll see everybody next Thursday. First post is 1030. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org.
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP State at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. As soon as I got him on the track, I knew there was something there. He was a big, strong colt, and and he had uh, a lot of energy in him. And some beach somewhere in his career debut is going to win it. A mile of one, 54 and two. A true champion, no matter what sport, has to earn that title on and off his or her arena. A true champion has the heart that are many sizes bigger than their athletic frame. As they move towards the top of the stretch, Santana Blue Chips got to do better. Shadow Play confronted on the outside by Some Beach somewhere. Some Beach somewhere. Shadow Play is all hurt. It's come down to the sail in the basket final. Shadow Play, Some Beach somewhere. Some champion. A true champion is stunning in victory. Outside a second, Blue Claws racing in third, some beach somewhere, a 16th from the finish, Mystery Chase a distant second, it's some beach somewhere, he is heading down to the wire, some beach somewhere, Mectanel pushes him home, 146 and 4, equaling the world record. And even better in defeat. An eighth of a mile away, some beat somewhere under pressure. Artificial up to his wheel on the outside. Some beat somewhere full out. Artificial, a desperate lunge on the outside. Artificial, some beat somewhere at the line. Artificial, 147. World record upset in the pace. This is a tribute to a true champion. journey began in May of 2005. Sired by Mach 3 out of a beach towel bear, Where's the Beach? Subbeach Somewhere was purchased as a yearling in Lexington, Kentucky by the schooner stables of Truro, Nova Scotia for $40,000. Picked out that night by co-owner Brent McGrath, the beach was the first horse through the sail ring on that Friday. Showed in front of a sparse crowd due to a race-off at the Red Mile, which prompted the races to go longer than expected. Getting used to his new home in Nova Scotia, McGrath contacted an old friend. Driver Paul McDonnell trained Sunday somewhere in the neighborhood of 157 and was very impressed by what he saw. 
He won his debut in Grand River Raceway in the Battle of Waterloo Eliminations in a track record slash Canadian seasons record of 154-2 for driver Paul McDonnell and trainer Jean-Louis Arsenault. Despite putting in some steps in the Battle of Waterloo final, the budding superstar gathered himself and went on to an in-hand victory. But here comes some beach somewhere, and Paul McDonnell, some beach somewhere at the top of the stretch, has come on to take the lead, and some beach somewhere now is cruising down the stretch drive, the 10th Battle of Waterloo. Final goes to some beach somewhere, and Paul McDonnell. At that point, Paul McDonnell suggested to the ownership group that the two-year-old belonged on the Grand Circuit. McDonnell was right. The moment in your bones when when the fire takes over blood is running heart is pumping as the battle gets closer shadow plays back in third deep stretch mcdonnell has not moved a muscle on some beach somewhere some beach somewhere leads by four lengths here in deep stretch and they are not going to touch some beach Somewhere who barely broke a sweat to win tonight. And it's Zombie somewhere putting up some kind of fractions. He leads by two now, three coming off the turn. Late pace from Moonbeam and Santana Blue Chip. Some beach somewhere, 16th to go. Moonbeam not going to catch him. Some beach somewhere in big match. Scoop up the big bucks to win the Metro Pace. He won by two lengths and he's home in 149 and three. A world record performance in the final of the Metro Pace. Some beat somewhere went on to finish a perfect six for six in his two-year-old campaign with earnings over $700,000. After being scratched lame to start his three-year-old season, he was afforded one tightener, a winning one in the Burlington at Mohawk, before facing his toughest test to date, the $1.5 million Pepsi North America Cup. After taking care of business in the eliminations, he was sent off the prohibitive favorite in the main event one week later, and he would not disappoint. So they come to three quarters chasing after some beach somewhere. Some beach somewhere still not getting his cue from McDonnell. He still leads by a length and a half, and he's at three quarters in 122, 27, and one third quarter speed. trophies in the sport of harness racing, the Meadowlands Pace. Our signature event at the Big M, 1.1 million on the line, and the gate is moving. The beach followed his North America Cup win with his fastest mile yet, a 148-3 showing in the Meadowlands Pace elimination. What happened next will remain with harness racing fans for the, the rest of Sheridan their lives. Fourth at the rail. Sand Shooter is racing in six. Then it's Badlands Nitro. Some beach somewhere was used very hard. 
He's under a hand drive. McDonnell shakes the lines at him. Artificial sticking right with him. One, 19 and one. Some beat somewhere. Leads it by two. Artificial tips to the outside trying to get to him. An eighth of a mile away. Some beat somewhere under pressure. Artificial up to his wheel on the outside. Some beat somewhere full out. Artificial a desperate lunge on the outside. Artificial. Some beat somewhere at the line. Artificial. 147. World record upset in the pace. The 2008 Meadowlands pace would go down as Sunbeat Somewhere's lone defeat. He would go on to win his next nine races. Those races included the Confederation Cup, the Tattersalls from the Red Mile, the Messenger, and the Ontario Sire Stakes final before going on to his final test as a racehorse, the Breeders' Crown at the Meadowlands. McDonnell kicks out the plug, and he draws away to a three-length lead. Shadowplay trying to rev up and come get him from the pocket spot. Up the rail is Blue Ridge Western. Some beat somewhere. Shadowplay on the outside. Blue Ridge Western at the rail. Some beat somewhere. Leads it as they head down to the line. Some beat somewhere. Goes out a champion in the Breeders' Crown. And just like that, the racing career of one of the greatest harness horses of all time was over. Sunbeat Somewhere finished with 20 wins and one second in 21 career starts with earnings of $3.3 million. He won numerous awards and set numerous records, including equaling the fastest mile ever at 146-4 at the Red Mile. Although the Beach's racing career was over, his life and legacy would live on through his children. Down by the seaside. Captain Treacherous. Somewhere over a rainbow. Pure country. Call me Queen Bee. Huntsville. Check six. Ocean Colony. Somewhere in L.A. Dr. J. Hanover. Limelight Beach. Inverse Hanover. Idyllic Beach. Some omen somewhere. Sand between your toes. Lions somewhere. And the list goes on and on. The beach's sons and daughters have made millions. And like Dad, have won some of the most prestigious races on the planet. Last year, Sunbeat Somewhere was diagnosed with cancer. He passed away on Sunday afternoon at the age of 13. Although the beach has gone on to join other harness racing greats in their rightful place above, the story of the six business partners and horse enthusiasts from Churro, Nova Scotia, whose dreams came true, will be forever etched in the hearts and souls of racing fans and enthusiasts. The memories will live on at racetracks across North America, at barns and pastures across the heartlands, and the memories will most certainly carry on at some beach, somewhere.